Hello, welcome to Soul Led, a podcast dedicated to the evolution of your soul and the development of your spiritual gifts. I am Nikki Novo, your spiritual mentor, a fiery Latina, mom of three, and a lover of all things intuitive. You're here because you're meant to be here. So let's do this. Hello, welcome everybody to another episode of Soul Led. So excited to be here with my soul sister, Krista Williams. You, Many of you know her and love her and we're just excited to be here and sit with you, Krista. I'm well, so excited. We're twinning today. We have our black midi shirts on and yeah, you've just been such a kind, generous friend and you gave me my favorite wedding gift ever. You guys, Nikki gave me my favorite wedding gift I've ever gotten. Honestly, it showed me how hard it is for me to receive something that is truly genuine and kind because I was taken aback by your gift. You gave me a piece of land, which was like the most creative, cool thing I've ever experienced came out of nowhere in my email and will forever be my now new standard for gifts. Honestly, (laughs) my cousin like gave one to my other cousin and I was, and it was funny because I remembered you were getting married And I, you know, anytime that I can kind of like show love to a friend, it's, it's sporadic. It like, it's never consistent. It's not like I'm going to be the one that sends you a birthday gift every birthday, or I'm not going to remember your birthday or anything. But if I find that you're going through something important, like I try to take the opportunity to, to share. And actually it was one of my questions I wanted to ask you about this whole process of getting married and the initiation that comes with that. And since I've read both you and Justin, and I love both of you, I just kind of wanted to like bless you with like king and queen vibes, you know? And it was so funny because I, I, that was my intention. Like I was like, how can we bless them with king and queen vibes? And then my cousin happened to mention this funny thing. He's like, he's like, oh my gosh, like my brother, my other cousin sent me this gift. And I was like, that is the, like, it just came at the perfect time. I was like, that is the gift. You know, it was just something silly, you guys. It's not like I bought her, you know, 24 acres up in like, I don't know. Colorado. Yeah, honestly, in LA. She <laughs> brought me a plot of land outside of LA. <laughs> no, but I liked that it was even better. Like it was like a unique location that felt special. And I just felt the intention behind it and like thoughtful, unique gifts like that never, never escape you. And you honestly are one of Justin's favorite readers ever. He loves you. I he love him too. My, he's an such a, I love the both of you guys. So I just thought it would be like a fun gift. And the idea is that like, when you go over there, you actually can have that title. You get like the title of like the Lord and lady. So you can use it. So speaking of your wedding, you're, we're just coming off of your wedding. I have a lot, actually one of my employees is getting married next week. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I'm going, you know, I've been married for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in February, but I feel like I'm going through this like wedding process again. A few of the girls that I teach are going through, um, you know, just got married, things like that. And it's just reminding me of that whole like initiation process, you know, it's like the best times and the worst of times all at the same time. So I was wondering if like you were aware of any of that while you were going through it, if you, now that you're on the other side of it, anything, you know, any thoughts about that process? Yeah, it was, it was so powerful. It was the most powerful portal. I underestimated how powerful it was because for me, and I think for most women, it brings up almost every area of your life, finances, your relationship with money, your relationship with receiving, you know, receiving love, receiving love from your partner, receiving love from others, your family. There's so much around the family and how they support you, how they don't support you, how they show up, how they don't show up, your friendships, how they show up, how they don't show up, how 
close do you feel with people? How much do you feel like you can trust people? How much you can feel like you can lean on people? Um, your actual relationship, you know, your relationship together with your partner. Are you afraid of commitment? Are you not? Do you feel like you trust them? Do you not? Do you feel connected to them? Do you not? So it was really like hit on every single area of my body image. Forgot about that one. Body image too. And your relationship with perfectionism. I feel like women just get in this space of like feeling like they have to look a certain way. They have to be a certain way. They have to be you know, look the best they've ever looked in their life. They have to have the best wedding in the world. They have to, you know, do all these things. So there is just so much that came on and I really underestimated it before we got engaged. Justin, my partner and I have been together for 10 years now. We got engaged um, probably like two years ago. So we were engaged for like a year and a half when we were planning. And I do think the process could be as initiatory as you allow it. Like for all the people listening, you guys are all super conscious. You're intuitive. You understand, you know, your relationship to the world and how you create a lot of your experiences. So it's probably going to feel more initiatory than someone else's. Like if I wasn't as conscious as I am now, say I got married when I was 24 or 25, I think it wouldn't have felt as powerful as I really allowed it to feel this time. I really wanted to allow myself to feel like I could create a union with Justin and I could be essentially one with him as a partner because I'm someone that's like deeply independent. I do things on my own. We spend weeks apart. We spend months apart if we need. We are just very, very independent people. And a lot of that is really powerful and good. Um, but then a lot of it is also like my fear of being in a deep, intimate commitment and being fully seen and fully vulnerable. So we had to do a lot of work together in hard conversations and fights, um, myself in therapy, myself in, you know, my own inner healing work that I had to do um, to really come to a place where it was like, oh my God, we're totally in this. And I remember there was one fight that we had where it was just so intense at the end. It was almost like, we're like, okay, we're not going to do this. You know, we're, we're done. And almost that freedom that we both felt by saying, we're not going to do this and we're done was like the indicator and marker for me that that freedom is really like the fear that we had of being together. But that freedom that we felt after saying like, we're done actually allowed us to make a conscious choice to come back together and to be like committed in union for, for what will be forever. And then as far as the other sort of stuff, you know, I had to really just kind of do my own process of grieving, grieving when friends would not show up for me. Um, when I felt like I had done so much for them, or I felt like I showed up for them during their hard times or processes, and then they were canceling in the last minute, or, you know, they weren't supporting me in the way that I felt I had to have my own grieving process. And I did make the commitment to myself to just say how I felt. So I was able to tell people when they let me down or be really honest about how I felt like people were showing up in my life, which felt incredibly liberating. And I think with each of them, it was just this like microcosm of like, okay, how do I want to show up for myself forever? Do I want to allow my body image conversation to continue with me into my married life? Do I want to allow myself to feel like I'm not in right relationship with people that have a mutual respect and love for me? Do I want to allow this fear of commitment and intimacy and vulnerability to be with me forever and just sort of meet everything really, really head on? But I feel so much better being married. I, I really never thought I'd be someone that was like, so in love with the married process and having a husband and being in partnership. But I think a lot of the trials and challenging times of the portal of our engagement really allowed us to be in this space. Last thing is just feeling a lot of compassion for brides and people that are in the process of 
of it all. It's it's so intense and it's just so intense on different levels. It's hard to explain to people. It's like, yeah, of course you have your to-do list. We all have the to-do list with the wedding, but it's so much more than that. So just allowing yourself to really just like be taken through. Well, you did a good job of explaining and I've never heard that like explained so well because it is all of those areas and it's like all of the triggers just come up all at once and you, and you feel like you're dying because you are dying. And you know, I've given birth twice and there's also a huge death and, you know, you know, kind of um, rebirth process through that. But the wedding is like a slow death (laughs) because you're like planning where the birth death is much shorter. It's kind of, it feels almost instant Mm -hmm. where like that wedding planning, you know, for as long as you want, sometimes, you know, people will do really quick. And then some people want to need to do like three years. So, you know, some of you that were scheduled during COVID times, like had to go longer and it's just like excruciating at some, at some point. And um, there's just not enough awareness of like the fact that it's an initiation Mm -hmm. and what does an initiation mean? And like what happens during an initiation? So I'm sure we'll start to have like more of those conversations because I think people are noticing like how excruciating it is. It seems like you did it the right way. Not perfect, but I feel grateful that I got married later in life. Like I'm 33 now and you know, we, we've been together for a long time. So I was like, dang, I'm so glad that I got married now because now I could go into this in this way instead of like, I felt like, you know, in the first years of dating, you're so like high on those endorphins and you're just in that obsessive lust phase, which I'm still obsessed with my husband, but you feel that like where you almost, it's a veil. You don't see the truth for what it is. You don't see the flaws. You don't see your participation in it. You are just fueled by that sort of passion. And because we've gone through a lot of phases over 10 years, I was able to like see clearly him, me, what we're doing and why we're doing it. So not everyone doesn't need to do it the way that I did it, but I was just really glad that we waited as long as we did to get married. I had the opposite situation. So Benny and I like met, I moved in with him six months mm-hmm. later. We got engaged six months later. So we were engaged a year after meeting and we got married a year later. So I literally married like a stranger. It felt like in many ways, like now being married to him for 10 years, I was like, wow, like I did not, we did not know each other. Like we were complete mm-hmm. strangers and just our knowing and our intuition of like having to be together is what led us. But I mean, it was, might as well have been like a, an arranged marriage because it was almost so quick that like the depth of my love for him, like wasn't even fully there yet. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's there now, 10 years later, but I also knew I needed to be with him. We knew we needed to get married. We knew we needed to get the show on the road. It was a weird like feeling that like we needed to get the show on the road, which we did. And it was a totally you know, different experience. And 10 years later, 10 years is a good number, guys. Get through like those 10 years. <laughs> but it's also, you know, you like, it's powerful too on the other side. Cause you're like, it's cool to be like, I married you and I loved you so much to marry you, but now I love you even more. Yeah. You know, or like, it's just like cool to also have the other side where you're like, oh my God, this is even better. Like to remind people that it, it can is. get better on the other side. It can. And I, I was the person that was like always looking for like, I'm, you know, I'm a cancer. I'm such a like romance, uh, like a romantic. And I was always looking for this like romance story. And ours was too fast to have like a romance story. And I never thought that you had to have like your romantic story before you get married. Mm-hmm. Like, my story was actually during the marriage. You know, oh. like my romance has been like throughout the, the 10 years, which is interesting. Oh, which is so beautiful. I yeah. mean, so it's right. It's like, you know, it doesn't have to be in the beginning. It could be like a during. So, yes. So do you feel 
like, is there space that has opened up for you after the wedding? Like, do you feel like you have new dreams or any new ideas, anything like that? I love that. Yeah. The, that's a great question. I feel like I first had to go through the process and then afterwards, I don't know if you felt this or other brides can feel it, but afterwards it's kind of like, there's a weird thing where you're like, I felt really insecure about my wedding. I'm like, Oh my God, my wedding sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. I know. I know it's insane, but you go through the critical, you're critical. Yeah. And that's what happens most of the time when people have any big project or big thing that you do, you become hypercritical after you put it out, you become like a little sad because all that excitement is over. So I kind of went through that process. Mm. I feel like I've been much more clear on the values that I have in my life and who is a person that like gets access to me in my life. And also it was a cool, like trying on for me of like how I want to show up, like someone that's super clear. Cause with your wedding, because it's about you and your relationship, you have to be clear. It's like, how do you want this to look? If you're not clear, it won't look how you want. If you're not clear with the people in your life about how you want to engage with them on your wedding, then it won't happen the way you want it. If you're not clear with your husband or your relationships, then it's not going to fall out the way it was. So I got to be someone that was just saying how I feel really clearly and crying if I needed to and expressing anger, if I needed to expressing disappointment, if I needed to expressing vulnerable, if vulnerably, if I needed to. So that sort of like communication and stepping into the person that I want to be has just felt really good and natural. And it was something that I wanted to like take forever. I think it's more so less, less so about the wedding, but more so about Lindsay's move has really opened up different spaces for both of us. So, you know, as it would happen with the relationship that Lindsay and I have, Um, the night I, or the day, the week I got engaged, Lindsay found her partner who she's with now. And when I got married during the month, she moved to New York. So, you know, we have such a synchronous relationship and her moving to New York was more so the catalyst for like any space and ideas and projects that I've wanted to do, because we're so psychically connected that whenever we're together or even in the same area, like we're sort of having psychic conversations and ideas and creations that are always related to almost 30. So now that we're a little bit further apart and we have more time and space, I'm able to focus more on like, okay, who am I? Who am I outside of this identity of being two best friends on a podcast? Who am I as someone that can create something or do something differently? So I'm just sort of exploring it now. And it's been so fun. I feel like I'm in like an in-between phase where I have all of these ideas that I'm sort of working on and birthing, but nothing has come to fruition, but it's like that building process phase that I'm feeling like where I'm like, I know that my time to be completely center stage or whatever that, however that expresses will be soon, but it's just sort of like a, I'm just sort of like a, I'm looking out the window right now, just staring. It's like a very information gathering phase. I love that. That's so true. I didn't think about that. That, that, my gosh, so intense that Lindsay moves Mm -hmm. around time of all that. And like, in a way that that was, that's almost not more important, but almost more, it was, you Mm -hmm. know, just Mm -hmm. more expanding than even sometimes the wedding. So speaking of that, um, I saw that you recently teamed up with Aaron Abke to do the Law of One book club. And I signed up for it. I was super excited about it. But one of the, like the first thing that came to my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, knowing that, you know, you've been with Lindsay for so long and not that you guys are not together anymore, but she, you know, she moved. And I was thinking like, maybe 
wouldn't wouldn't she have wanted to maybe do something on her own? And now she's like teaming up with Aaron. And I was wondering if like any, like, did you feel more prepared? It's not like you're doing a podcast with the guy, but like, did you feel more prepared to go into partnership work? Did you take a minute and be like, am I really going to get involved with the person again? Like any of that come mm-hmm. up or, felt, or did it feel like natural? I love that question. Um, so with Aaron in our book club, I had found love one in 2019 and found Aaron Abke's YouTube, which you've had on the podcast. And so Aaron was actually really important in my love one education journey. So when I had him on the show, we were able to go deep and now we've formed a friendship. And it's funny because I've had such a beautiful experience with Lindsay. I mean, the best experience possible running a business and being best friends together that I actually have such a great expectation of my partners. And so it would be surprising to me to not have a great experience with people, even though I know it happens because Lindsay and I as partners have had interesting relationships outside of it. So I had no hesitation. And it's almost like, for me, it's like my default setting now where I'm like, I want to create with someone. And that's also, that's something that's really beautiful. I love being in partnership. I love being in community. I'm someone that likes to do things together, but then it's also like, eventually I have to figure out like my own legs and figure it out. But Aaron is such an expert. It's like, it was also something for me where I have my own unique perspective on Love One. I've been studying it for years, but he is so knowledgeable that I felt like I wasn't going to give everyone the best experience and he wasn't going to give everyone the best experience if we did it alone. I love Aaron. He's just a beautiful person. And like his knowledge is just like out of this world. It's it's beyond like this lifetime mm-hmm. you know, when you listen to him. But sometimes when you listen, you have to kind of like hold your focus for a long time to get what he's saying. And I don't know, I don't know, like, you know, there's, um, I don't know why, but um, have, you're so grounded and you're so practical. And so like every day that I would imagine the two of you like coming together to kind of like bring some of his language to earth, you know, in a way is going to be very very beneficial for both of you guys. So I'm yeah. really excited about it. Exactly. And there's so much of the feminine, like where it's like, I'm like, okay, I'm designing the art. I'm designing the graphics. Mm-hmm. I've got the vision for the branding. I'm going to create the site. Like, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to work on like the bullets for things, you know? So there's like a nice balance there too. But it's interesting because sometimes with Aaron Abke and then also, you know, someone that we've worked with before is our coach, Aaron Rose. Like sometimes they're talking and it's like literally different planes. You're like, I know you're saying things, but they are not entering my brain and body. And it's been so weird to sort of like sometimes come back to those situations, topics, or people and be like, okay, I'm kind of getting it now. And I totally relate to that. Yeah. It's beautiful. I actually had a moment with that, with Aaron like that. And he was talking to me and like there was something I, I can't, it was like, there's like two parts of me. Like there was a part of me that understood it and a part of me that didn't understand it. And I had to tell him that I was like, I hear you. I don't fully understand it, but like, you know, I think he's also very activating. Like I, yeah. I find him to, to be like very activating that kind of, you know, he, he's going to like wake a lot of people up. So I was yes. just really grateful. I mean, I found him through you and I was like, oh my gosh. And I did the same thing. I went down the YouTube like rabbit hole of all his videos and such a great job. Mm-hmm. And he's easy to look at Krista. I, isn't that so funny? It's literally like, it's so funny. Our audience is always like, <laughs> like it's it's true though it's like yeah it's just a it's a funny spiritual world we don't we don't get like good looking guys so like thank you Aaron for you know, 
Thank you for brushing your hair. Thank you for working out, Aaron. We appreciate yes. you. Like God did this for a reason. Yes. Minimize you to your looks or anything like that. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, when I interviewed him, the girls on my team were like, Oh my gosh, how did you keep a straight face? Like he's so good looking. And I'm telling my husband this story. I'm telling Benny, I'm like, Oh, it's so funny. The girls were, you know, asking me like how I kept a straight face. And my husband's straight face was like, Well, I don't know, maybe he thought the same thing about you, Nikki. And I'm like, No, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, it's facts. Isn't that the sweetest thing? Like, I'm like, wow, you see me with like, I'm like, first of all, Benny, I'm like pretty sure Aaron's probably like 10 years younger than I am. And, you know, like, no, but thank you. Thank you for like a nice compliment. That's like really sweet. (laughs) So I'm super excited about your book club together. I've been studying it too. And it's like, it is one of those things that it's just nice to study with other people, like to to just kind of bounce ideas because you're, you're basically reading a text and you have an idea of what it means, but it's nice to hear like what other people think it means also. So can you tell me a little bit about like how you got into law and one, I know you have a love for aliens. Did any of that have to do with each other? Anything like that? Yeah. So, um, it's actually sometimes with law of one, I'm like, it's the, so it's actually a channel text from a six dimensional entity called raw. And sometimes I like to explain what it is, like the messages first, because sometimes it's like, if you say that people are like, Oh my God, I'm out. Like I am out. What are you talking about? So I usually like to explain it as like, it's the philosophies of the universe. It talks a lot about archetypes and dimensions and ascension and aliens at times. And really just like the complete understanding that like all is one, that like all is of the creator, whether it's good or bad, it is all of the creator. So it is all essentially part of the plan. And I found it through Gaia. So I'm someone that's watched Gaia for a long time. And there's always been this teacher on there that talks about law of one. And I was like, okay, I need to get into this. And when I started reading, I just felt this like generally like an activation inside of me and in my cells of like, okay, this is truly the way. And since it, I've had just such a greater understanding and like a true integrated understanding of unity consciousness and oneness. And I remember before I felt like when people would say like, all is one, I'd be like, okay, you're bypassing. That's really like not true. And I just would feel like it was all sort of fluff. I'm like, oh, light love, that's fluff. Unity consciousness, that's fluff. You know, if we're all one, how could bad things happen? You know, that sort of of thought. And it wasn't until like the law of one, I fully understand what that actually means. And that what it means for me is really like, if there essentially there is something that has created the entire universe, then that thing has actually created the dark and the light to coexist in one. And in the third dimension, the lesson of the third dimension is polarity. It is for us to understand the two paths of light and dark. And I always have to remember too, like when I think about the most pivotal growth periods in my life, the greatest catalyst for my growth, those have been in my darkest moments. And so those have essentially served my soul and served my path, although it was painful. So if we can think about as humans, like our propensity to, you know, not act unless we are poked or prodded or in pain or forced to is great. So we do have to have these dark moments for us to change and make growth. We can even see that right now with what's going on in the world. Like this is a very painful time in history, but it's providing us this opportunity to grow and change and evolve to something that will essentially be better. So I found the text um, and started reading it and it just became obsessed. And because it is from an alien's perspective, essentially, it's it's interesting because within Law of One, it's a six-dimensional entity called Ra. doesn't really call itself an alien, but is. And they talk quite a lot about aliens. And 
aliens has been something that I've been obsessed with since I was little. I was writing books to aliens when I was in like first grade. Like I would have, I literally was like communicating with aliens from like a very young age. And it really was just the belief that like, there's, there's something more out there, whether that's with God or source or angels or guides, whatever it is. Like I've always believed that there's more to this reality than what we see and aliens as part of that. And through the research that I've done over the years, like we have to remember that most of the aliens that we interact with are actually positive or neutral about us, that the movies that have shown us the negative reactions of aliens or the negative interest of aliens doesn't really happen or exist, that most things are like benevolent creatures that are interested in us. And we are essentially alien to other things. So yeah, I could go on forever, but it's such a fascinating topic and always just like fun. I always just approach it with like fun. It's like fun to think about too. That's so cute that I didn't know that that story about you writing as Oh my gosh, yeah. I have an I have a picture of it too. It was like the book. Alien if, you come, if you come down, like make sure to be like pick me up or something. It was like so like I was like all the time was like doing stuff like that. I'm like, wow. But it's uh, funny because my parents didn't think anything of it. <laughs> so sweet. They're like, she's writing to Santa Claus again or yeah. the alien. <laughs> I love it. It's so funny because to me, so I grew up Catholic and, you know, Same. Catholicism really focuses on like yes. nothing else but this. And I always thought, thought it was like so egotistical of us to think that, I mean, if you just close your eyes for a second and you think about, okay, past the earth for a second, like just go into the galaxies, like, there is no wall. How does that blackness, it doesn't stop. So then how could we possibly think that we're the only thing? It makes no sense to me. I I find it actually, it's funny how people think, I mean, I think we're coming out of that, but for many times like, oh, people think about aliens are crazy. And it's like, I actually think the opposite is crazy. I completely agree. It's like, well, also too, if you think about a few questions about the universe that don't make sense, like think about the fact of like gravity. Like, what is gravity? What is the fact of that we're spinning in a spinning orbit around other spinning balls? And sometimes we change, you know what I mean? It's like, there's so many questions of the, we haven't even discovered all the species on the planet. Like we continue to discover new species on the planet, our, our planet here each day. So it's like, what makes us think that there, there doesn't have anything that exists outside? I think when you start to like contextualize like the bigness of the universe, you're like, wow, this this state is big. This nation is big. This earth is big. This galaxy is big. This universe is big. It's hard to, you know, to understand how there's endless opportunities for things out there to exist. And there's like millions of other earth-like planets that exist. There's like, they found um, a solar system that has like nine other earth-like planets that have water that has essentially like an atmosphere on it. It's like, so there could essentially even be humans that exist on other planets too, not even like another type of species. Mm -hmm. I know it's fascinating. It's like silly to not think it. And I'm excited that we're like having these conversations about it already. And I've always like, I'm always sitting around and like waiting for them to come pick me up. You know, I know. I'm ready. I've been putting it. I had a very weird, um, in the middle of the night kind of like visitation. I don't know if that's happened to you before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I guess I've got what I was asking. I've, I'm receiving what I've been asking for. So did I you mean, get like an upgrade? Yeah, I got an upgrade and it was like, was crazy. I was like, I've, I remember like having to touch Benny, like just to be like, am I alive? Am I dead? Am I still here? Like it was the street, like the craziest experience. And it was all telepathic. Like, it was like, yes. it was almost, it was in my, and I'm obviously open to all of that. Yes. I'm 
super psychic, but it was very different than my intuition. It was like if something was in my brain and there was no drugs involved. (laughs) Yeah. They talk to you inside your brain. That's like you, they talk through like, yeah. And that's, what's so interesting too, is it's like, so you think it's you, but you almost hear another voice, which is weird. And it's, and it's creepy because they know what you're thinking. So you can't really hide. It's yeah, that completely. Yeah. And that's the future, you know, think about as we've ascended over time, like people have become more psychic. People are awakening to their gifts. People are understanding how connected we are. But I think everyone who's listening has had tons of moments where it's like, you know, what everyone else is thinking in a way, like we have our veils, we have our stories that cloud a lot of like the intuition and messages that we're hearing, but we essentially are psychically talking all at all times. And that's going to continue over time for us as humans and as a species to talk more psychically and telepathically because they're far advanced, so much further advanced for the most part, they all talk telepathically. Yeah. So in, in the work that I do, you know, I have the the school where I train all these women mainly to wake up to their intuitive gifts. And, you know, a lot of people are like afraid to go through the process and, you know, kind of come out of the spiritual closet and all that stuff. But I keep telling them like, you guys are ahead of the trend that like, this is an evolution of the species. Like it may seem weird to your family right now, but I promise you, like my kid is reading energy. Like my kid is like, you know, like we're, that's where the same way we were on four legs one time, like we are now going to move in. So this is just an evolution of the species. I truly believe that. Yes. And the aliens or, you know, I star people as they like to be called more than, than aliens. They are like the future, you know, in many ways, I think they're just like our future brothers and sisters. So yeah. And if there's no, you know, time and space is an illusion, which is still something that's hard for me to understand, then it's all happening at once essentially yeah. now. So like we are, there's yeah. like an advanced version of ourselves that exists in history where, so yeah, it's all, it's all happening here. And I do believe that our gifts and people coming online to their gifts and especially being able to work with you. It's like so weird to me because it's like everybody, even if you don't believe in any of this, it's like, you know, how you feel around someone you love that's energy. You know how it feels when you are able to make a decision that feels clear for you. That's your inner voice. Like it's all very basic things that we've known our whole lives, but kind of is explained in a more, in a different way that is more confirming of what it is rather than like feeling like you're just alone in it. So Krista, you have obviously talked to a lot of different teachers and, you know, you've been in this world of wellness. And I mean, when I see you, I just see you moving into like spiritual teacher activism towards like um, unity, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I would say that probably some people who have been following you for a long time might be a little surprised because you were like the logic of the, of almost 30, 30, you know, you were like the, you were like the, um, the devil's advocate of, you know, of, of almost 30. So what do you say to those people that have been listening to you for a long time and are surprised by this like turn of events? I know I was thinking about that the other day when someone asked me that they're like, you've started to like blah, 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 blah. And I think when you're in your own experience, you're like, what I, I, for me, I've always like been like that my whole life. I'm like, other people know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm like, other people care about what I'm saying or how I'm evolving or changing, but I'm someone that's so used to it. I mean, my whole life, I've been a different person every year, every two years, every month, whatever. I've come from someone that lived in a small town in Ohio that 
you know, I, I one time asked my husband, I was like, what were your different phases in, in high school? I was goth one year, then I smoked weed, then I was prep, then I was like this. He's like, I was the same the entire time. I think that's only you. I've been, I just change and evolve very quickly. I like to try on different things. I like to see different experiences. So I think for me, it's like the logic and then the reason and sort of that like way about me is almost like the more you know, the more you know you don't know. And before I feel like I had different, such different opinions on so many different things. My opinions have changed so much in the past two years that it was almost like, I feel like I was actually in a sense more closed off when I was perceiving myself to be more open and I was perceiving myself to be more kind and loving and compassionate. But in actuality, it was coming from a place of like judgment of others where I felt like it was like this thing I had to do was like a righteous move. And now I just feel like I don't know anything. I have surrendered completely to my path and to the divine. And my goal has always been to like, be as close to myself as I can. And if that means that I'm resonating more with someone, that's amazing. If it means I don't, that's amazing. Like my goal is for everyone to be and figure out what's true for them. And I've never wanted to be someone that felt like I knew everything or felt like I had all the answers or felt like people should follow me because I'm going to tell them how to live their life. Like I've definitely gone down a path of being even more diligent and clear about the fact of like, I will never tell my community what to do. Like no matter what, I will never tell them what to do. I will never tell them who to be. I will never tell them who to vote for. I will never tell them what to do with their life anything like free will. And that's like one of the core principles of love one is like one of my like top five values. And so like honoring others, free will and experience is like such an important part of that. But again, this is my invitation for everyone who's listening to evolve and change as you see fit. You never should stay the same or feel like you have to stay the same as you were a year ago, two years ago, two days ago. Like you have full permission to transform your life in this moment, in the next moment, in the moment after that, and be who you feel like you're meant to be. And that's like such a gift to us, Krista, too. It's just a gift to see you evolve and you like give, you know, be be more and more of yourself and therefore give more and more because you're just not because you have to physically give, but because just being yourself gives more. So yes. it's, been a, it's beautiful. I know you're working on a deck of cards and I was just wondering how that was going and like kind of what, where was the inspiration from that? Oh, I'm so excited. So I've been working on, I have two decks coming out actually. I've been working on these decks for over a year now. And I wouldn't say that I've been working on them very diligently. I would say that I'm kind of, I've come in and out of inspiration, but the law of one um, in the fifth book or in the fourth book, it talks about like three tools for ascension, three tools for people to leverage in their ascension process. Um, one of them is Kabbalah, which is interesting. The other is astrology, which I know so many of your listeners love. And the third one is tarot. And it's understanding the archetypes through the tarot. So Love One has a very specific way of walking people through the tarot. It's not for divination. It's more for studying practices and understanding the ascension process and how to essentially like make it through 3D and 4D. And so I just became obsessed with that concepts and that idea of like, wow, like this is something we can really leverage and use as a way to grow. And I always wanted to make a deck uh, because I feel like tarot is beautiful, but I feel like it has the opportunity to be more modern. I've wanted to make tarot modern. That's my tagline. Um, and I wanted to bring it into a space that felt like earthy and organic and modern and cool and like 
just me where it wasn't like all these deep saturated colors, these like highly illustrated things, these like art that I didn't feel like I connected with. So I started on the 72 card tarot deck. That's actually tarot used for divination um, a long time ago. And then I actually added on the actual law of one tarot deck because that's like a separate type of deck. So there are two decks and experiences. One's for divination. That's the normal tarot. One is not for divination. One is for study. That's law of one. One is for, you know, essentially entertainment and study as much as you would want it. And that's normal tarot. Um, I'm going to have an app with it, which is going to be really important because I felt like, People love tarot, but they pull a card and they sort of go on with their day and sort of forget the lesson that was brought through that card in either deck. And so in the app, you'll be able to record and journal about your tarot experience and then keep track of what pulls you've had across the last month, week, whatever, so that you can really understand how you're moving through things in a better, deeper way than just like pulling a card every single day where there's a lot of messages that are happening for you, but people aren't really drawing conclusions between them. So the app, my husband is working on, he's a software engineer. We have a dear friend that's a designer. He's an amazing designer. He's going to be working on that. And then the decks I'm hopeful will be available to purchase after the law of one, um, book club so that people can dig into those, but it's been so much fun. And, you know, whether it succeeds or not, or whatever it is, it's just felt like something that really wanted to be expressed through me and wanted to be created. And I feel really, really proud. I'm so excited. Those (laughs) cards sound like a dream come true. And the app is like, just so brilliant. I hope you become a bazillionaire because of that. I I think I will. (laughs) Just kidding. I think, I think it'll be a great, a great thing. And I, you know, I, the other day I was like working, I was almost, we almost done with something. And I was like, wow, what if this completely fails? It was, and I had that feeling and I was so grateful that it had taken me over a year to get to that feeling. I was like, damn, I'm really doing this because I love it and I want it to exist in the world. And it's only taken me over a year to be like, oh, wow. Oh my God, this could like totally freaking fail. And I was like reminded of when you do something from the heart and when you do something, because you really want to do it or see it in the world. And when we usually have those thoughts first of like, I'm insecure. I don't know if anyone's going to like it. I don't know if anyone's going to buy it. It might, might not be the right idea for you, or it might not be the right project for you or then the call to create needs to be greater than the call to succeed or fail is basically what I think. Yeah. And it's kind of, I mean, similar to what happened in your relationship too, that you were like, okay, we're done. And then almost in a way mm-hmm. that same kind of release. Yeah. I know I see these cards doing very well. I'm, um, I think it's a little bigger than you think it is. So we'll have a good time with it. So. <laughs> I'm ready, baby. I'm ready for my, I told, I was like, I just want to have a bunch of different businesses making bunch of money. I just want to run around and I think everyone does. I just want to have the complete freedom to create how I want to create and live how I want to live and express whatever it is that I want to express. And I feel so grateful. It's been, it's been an investment though, too. So I just honoring that for people when they're doing projects, like it's okay to invest in yourself and invest in like your creative endeavors. Yeah. Even if you, and you gotta, you, you gotta roll with it. Like, you know, you can do, you can be as safe as you can, but, and you're doing it with like, you know, knowing that you have a following and that like, you know, there is a, there's a market out there. So, yeah. but we're so excited. And of course it's going to do well. We're all going to support you. And it's some, something we need. Like, I just, I can see the lessons being very important. Like the teaching of it is going to be um, amazing. So well, Krista, thanks for spending time with me. Thanks for chatting oh, all God. things. I can't wait to be in the book club and for the cards to come out and all that. And hopefully see you in Miami. Yes, I'll see you. I'll see you next week. And thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. 
If you love what you're hearing, would you mind leaving a review or sharing with a friend? That little review does so much. It's so damn helpful. You don't even know. So thank you for that. And if you're ready to unlock your spiritual gifts, enroll in my three-level program, Soul Academy, or join my free community, Soul Collective. I'd love to have you there. The links to join are below in this episode. Until next time, love you much.